Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello and welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm Dr. Eliza Pressman and today's episode is with Dr. Janina Fisher, who's a psychotherapist with a tremendous background and experience as a nationally recognized trauma clinician. And Janina is known for her expertise as a therapist and a speaker and a consultant and a teacher. She's been the president of the New England Society for the Treatment of Trauma and Dissociation. She's an EMDR specialist. We're going to actually talk about that on a different episode. In this episode, um, Dr. Fisher is talking about what being in this collective state of trauma does to our brains and our nervous systems and what are the actionable steps that we can take to better regulate ourselves and help our kids regulate. And we also had a really interesting, cool conversation about how to make something of the fact that kids are going to be wearing masks for much longer than we thought, maybe in schools in masks and operating in the world in a different kind of way. And how can we take that get past the part of it that just is terrible and think about what we can do to make masks easier on kids for communication, how we can practice getting better at reading body language when we're so used to reading facial expressions and you know stuff that makes this feel like there's, there's something that we can do in this situation. We are not helpless. And those are always the conversations that I love when we can take the science and use it to help us make choices that might make things a little bit better for all of us. Let me just briefly talk about what happens to our nervous systems when we're threatened. Wonderful, please. Oh, and I'm sure people are used to, to this experience as a once in a while experience, right? So you feel threatened. And the first thing that happens is your heart rate increases to start getting your stress response system active. And then we start to feel a lot of body tension, right? <laughs> um, and the other, the other thing that's really such a hindrance, the prefrontal cortex, the thinking brain goes offline so that we're ready to respond instinctively. 
And anyone who's ever been mugged or ever been almost mugged will recognize this. You know, you're, you respond instinctively. Uh, whatever you thought you might do under that circumstance, you don't have the, the power to think, how am I going to respond? Because your body responds. The other thing our nervous systems do when we're threatened is that if the threat is chronic and inescapable, the nervous system has another alternative, which is to go into numbness, to go into what we call a total submission response. And then we feel hopeless, helpless. We feel like we might as well give up. There's no hope. We're beat. And, you know, parents struggle with these two states at the best of times. Mm -hmm. The children are driving you crazy and your nervous system and your body start to tense up or you just kind of deflate and you give in. Okay, whatever. You can have a cookie before dinner. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, And when we're in the highly activated state, in the adrenaline response, we're apt to be a little too reactive. And when we're in the I give up state, we tend to forget whatever rules and limits uh, we ever set and have the determination to to keep the kids um, along, going along with. So it's very hard. And I'm sure that all of your parents recognize some are in a kind of chronic state of anxiety. Some may already be in that, you know, I'm depressed. I'm done with this. I can't. There are two ways of being on your last nerve. One is to be ready to explode. The other is to feel like just going to bed and pulling up the covers. Mm -hmm. And it's hard when you're a parent because your child is dependent on your nervous system. And, and I, you know, I remember so clearly from both my children and my grandchildren, I, I remember that feeling of your body's tense and you want the baby to stop crying and go to sleep because you're done. Yes. <laughs> and closer your body is, the, the less likely less likely. And when you just relax into it, um, babies start to relax. But it's so difficult to control what your nervous, how your nervous system is reacting. It's such a responsibility, but it's not one of the ones that people tell you about in advance, is that children, for children to be calm, for children to feel safe, for children to feel a sense that all is in order. The parent's nervous system can't be too highly activated and it can't be too tanked out. And so it's very hard. The more anxious and reactive we are, the more the child's nervous system is going to be anxious and reactive. The more we're shut down and we're done the more the child's nervous system is either going to get more anxious because why 
is mom or dad less react, you know, less there? Or, the, you know, so it's two children can respond to the shutdown parent by either getting more anxious and more hyperactive or by shutting down too. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, again, that's not to say that parents don't understandably and deservedly get to the point where their nervous systems say, okay, I'm done. I remember at the age my kids were getting harder and harder mm-hmm. to put to bed. They were still young enough to be that they needed to be put to bed, but they were too old to go to bed as early as I was ready to have them go to bed. Uh-huh. I remember I developed this little trick. I'd say, okay, guys, just to let you know, Mothers go off duty at eight o'clock. Yes. So if you want a story, if you want to be tucked in, it has to be before eight. I still do that. <laughs> Not I, I've been noticing even during this time that I say to my kids, because bedtime has gotten so much later, but I'll say, guys, here's the thing. If you're not getting into bed by this particular agreed upon time, I'm off duty, so you'll be on your own. And if you can get into bed in time, I'm so excited to sit and read and do whatever, cuddle. Um, and it seems cruel, but it's really, it's like that's where I, I end my capacity. Absolutely. And what I found is either I would start to get irritable. Hey, guys, it's 8.15. Right. And, uh, or I would just start to kind of numb out of yeah, whatever. They mm-hmm. can go to bed when they drop on the floor. <laughs> Neither of which was really working for me or yeah. them. So I, I decided I had to say something before I became incapable of being the parent I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Today's episode is sponsored by Osea Malibu, the original plant-based results-driven skincare line. Osea, pronounced O-C-Y-A, puts your health and the health of our planet first with potent skin and body care solutions that are pure, safe, and effective. Osea's skin-nourishing products are made entirely of plant-derived ingredients and are non-toxic and a good choice for moms-to-be, or in my case, for moms who have adolescents who want to steal their skin products and you don't want them to have toxic stuff going inside of their skin. Osea stands for the elements of wellness, ocean, sun, earth, and atmosphere. Their entire line is built on these four pillars and pulls from botanical sources around the world to create products that are truly effective. Each product is infused with sustainably sourced organic Patagonian seaweed and active botanicals that create a nutrient and mineral-rich bioavailable base. This pure and potent base allows for the products to easily absorb onto the skin and effectively bring about balance while targeting signs of aging and skin imperfections. It's also founded and run by a family of women inspired by the sea. Osea formulates botanical-powered products that have shown proven results for all skin concerns. Also, every product is sustainably packaged, non-toxic, cruelty-free, vegan, and made with love in California. Go to oseamalibu.com slash raising good humans for $10 off your first purchase of $50 or more. And there's free shipping for US orders of $75 or more and free samples with every order. 
I used to care so much about portraying a perfect life and acting like everything was okay when really things were far from it. I was secretly battling anxiety, depression, and an eating disorder. So it was a lot. I'm Victoria Garrick, former Division I athlete, mental health advocate, and host of RealPod. Every Wednesday, I sit down with celebrities, athletes, entrepreneurs, and more to talk about the inner thoughts and feelings that we're all struggling with. So leave the filters and facetunes at the door and join me on RealPod. You know, in this time of COVID, I think there are, there are ways that as parents, we can protect ourselves. One of the things that we really have to do, and it's so hard to do, is to monitor how much anxiety-provoking information we allow in the doors of our minds. I found fairly early, probably by April, by mid-April, I realized that I could not watch television footage, right. especially of New York, because it was so terrifying. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've really tried to watch how much, you know, internet researching I do, because I know that I can't afford to let my nervous system get too stimulated. Because living in chronic fear actually causes all kinds of health problems. You know, so chronic traumatic stress, Mm -hmm. you know, interferes with cardiovascular functioning, with the immune system. So we really don't want to go there. Right. And what constitute, like, at what point does this temporary experience become chronic, this, that, this temporary pandemic? That's what no one seems to know. Mm-hmm. There's some research on the effects of quarantining during the SARS virus epidemic of however many years ago it was, mm-hmm. that after quarantining for you know, some, I think the average was something like four weeks. It was sh- much shorter than much shorter. This. But people had long-term depressive symptoms, anxiety symptoms. So it's, you know, we know more than we did then. So a lot of us can work on trying to really, I call it regulate. That's the, yeah. the term we use. Um Meaning you can't make anxiety go away. If you're feeling hopeless and numb, you can't make that go away. But you can do some simple things to try to stay in that middle, in that middle ground. Okay. So if I catch myself so getting more and more anxious, mm-hmm. I try to stop and just relax my shoulders and breathe and just you know just a little it's, it's you know a certain amount of anxiety is important right now right that's actually great to that's a great point without right. it we we actually wouldn't be vigilant enough exactly exactly that's what why we're also worried about the college age kids you know at school or out on the beaches or in the parks is that they don't have enough anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, 
as careful as we need them to be. Absolutely. So things, you know, just stopping and reminding ourselves, okay, right? Yes, Mm -hmm. virus is out there, but right this minute, we're all okay, right? In this moment, we're all okay. It's kind of like we're saying to our bodies, you know, relax. To be you know the, the the listeners can't see that you just kind of pat yourself on the shoulder relax but I actually think there's something to that because I often give myself you know a little bit of a I catch myself putting my hand on my heart or giving myself a, wrapping my arms around myself I'm not consciously doing it but I have con- I have started to notice that I do it because so much of what we do now is on Zoom. And so I see things more and I notice recordings and I think, oh, I'm doing, I'm regulating myself in those moments. And it's not insignificant to give yourself that breath and touch, even if it's you touching yourself, however weird that just sounded. No, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's something we can do as families. You know, the kids are running around, we're feeling anxious about the whole situation. We're trying to make dinner, right? It's that hour of the day that's stressful when there's no COVID. And, you know, and we could, you know, create a kind of family routine. Okay, everybody, stop, right? Right? Okay, everybody take a breath. Yes. <sighs> and, and I like sighing and it's, and it's fun for kids. Okay, everybody, one, two, three. Ah. <sighs> That is fun. The sighing is one of the best stressful relievers, and it's so, so, so easy. And and kids will get into it. The other thing that may seem strange to parents, maybe not, um, is that in trauma, in a traumatic situation, we don't play, right? Because being frozen in our houses waiting for of COVID virus or tanks and guns to show up, right? We're, we're too, we're in a state of threat response. We're not in a, let's all have fun. So is that, is that like, you're almost like at the ready for, you know, to defend yourself. So your body is physically not going to let loose. Exactly. Exactly. So we, we don't relax when we're having a threat response. Right. And so children are going to pick that up. In fact, there are are studies over many decades that show that children exposed to trauma, abuse children, children in war situations, lose the ability for fantasy play in particular. The imagination goes offline, right? And because the prefrontal, the thinking... You need it, right? The, the thinking brain is also our creative and fantasizing, mm-hmm. dreaming and brain, and uh, and we need it. Right. If you shut those lights off, the pretend play gets shut down. It's Such a good uh, point. So to the extent, and I really empathize with the stress on parents right now, and but to the extent that you can create some sense of play, enjoyment, you know, funny, you know, humor. 
My, my grandchildren, who are now 14 and 17, said to me at our last, you know, outside family get together, they said, our dad, meaning my son, our dad is weird. He loves the pandemic. <laughs> they were rolling their eyes as, right? Yeah, he loves the pandemic because we're all together, right? <laughs> and then they laughed and they said, it's a good thing we like our family. That's, uh, that is so nice. And I was so, I was really proud of my son that he's kind of created this, hey, you know, we're all together. That's the important thing. That's so funny because, of course, parents of teenagers, it's the most you'll ever get of a teenager. I know. It's, it may not be so fun for the teenagers, although I think there are ways to carve out some sense of giving them independence. But what a treat for, for the parents who, if, who can frame it that way. I'm sure it's not always feeling that way. Absolutely. Yes. It's like the wow, it's like we can have their company for a little while longer. We all know this school year is unlike any other, whether your kids are going back to school or logging into a classroom from home. And as parents, it can be time consuming to give your kids the extra help they might need this school year. So here's a bit of help, some hands-on science and art projects that you can get delivered to your door. This company, Kiwi Company, can deliver a science fair or an art class right to your home. I was even surprised by how enjoyable it was with older kids. So we had a project that was building a robot. Your kids can get super cool hands-on science and art and geography projects delivered to the door every month. And they'll be so excited to see these arrive in the mail. And especially when it's at a time when they can't really go anywhere and they can't get to museums or classes outside and all the things that are kind of a bummer right now. You can definitely figure out how to plan an adventure with themes for around the world. But Kiwi Crate does all the legwork for you. So why not give yourself a break, order the boxes, and give those opportunities to your kids without the headache for yourself? And there's no commitment. So you can pause or cancel anytime. And it's also really specific to ages. So you can go online, check out all the different topics and projects by age group, and make a consistent plan for a box every month. Kiwi Company is redefining learning with hands-on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. There's something for every kid at Kiwi Company. You get your first month free on select crates at kiwico.com slash humans, K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash humans. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash humans. I wonder about, you know, what does it take in a family, especially with adolescents where their developmental task is to move away, but to also spend that time together and come out of it successfully? What do you think it takes? Does it take giving, honoring space and finding it in other ways, but also is it the humor and playfulness? What do you think the key is there? Well, I definitely think the key is is trying to give the teenagers some space. And, and that's good because, because we can leave teenagers home and go for a walk. Right. 
mine, my son and daughter-in-law have an Airbnb apartment in there and they own a two family house. And so they took over since they didn't want to rent their Airbnb apartment to to healthcare workers, which is basically who was looking for housing. Yeah. For mostly out of concern for their their parents and grandparents. The teenagers now have taken over the extra couple of rooms. That's great. And they do their thing. Or, you know, my son and daughter-in-law go for a walk. My daughter-in-law has actually uh, done some kind of some parent collaboration with other mothers of uh-huh. friends, right? Just talking to the other mothers about, you know, are you having people in, you know, how much is the house kind of sanitized and secure? And if the children have been pretty protected, then my daughter-in-law is allowing some playdates. If you can talk about teenagers having playdates. I know. I still say that about teenagers and <laughs> it's so funny, but I, I just, you can't help it. It feels yeah. like a playdate. <laughs> I want to have playdates. Oh, absolutely. You know, and then of course, also teenagers can have virtual, uh, yeah. virtual playdates with little kids. It's a lot harder. Yeah. I mean, I think at every developmental age, it's a different challenge for the children and it's a different challenge for the parents. Right. The only time I think that children aren't challenged, but the parents are probably triple challenged is infancy. I feel like they're living their best life. <laughs> There's, we don't need family medical leave <laughs> to last a year, which it never does here because there's, you know, you're, you actually get to keep everybody around. But I, but I was thinking about, but then of course the, the parents are completely stressed. So there's no, there's no get out of jail free card on this one. And if you have a baby at home, then you're juggling work schedules. How do you work? Cannot imagine. And uh, somehow make all of that happen. So it is a very challenging time to be a parent as well as a wonderful time to be a parent. Mm -hmm. So how do you marry the idea of accepting that you can't change your anxiety or the fears that you might be having or the just sense of, I can't take this anymore and also end on a high note in your thinking? Does that help your nervous system at all? Absolutely. Um, In fact, there's a researcher has developed the hero wellness scale. Have you heard about that? No, I I don't know about it. I want to hear this. So the hero wellness scale is a, um, it's actually a tool. I'm not sure if I love the tool so much, but I love the concept. Great. (laughs) Basically what she's saying is that happiness, enthusiasm, I can't remember what R and O stand for, but basically Happiness, enthusiasm, interest. Optimism, maybe? Optimism. That's it. All have anti-inflammatory effects. And so if we want to, that's why she calls it a wellness scale, because if we want our immune systems to be robust and we want our kids, I mean, it's not that kids are invulnerable to COVID. Yes, the rates are much lower, but the stories about kids and COVID are very scary. So we all need a very 
active, robust immune system right now. You know, active, but not too active. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so the, this is the recipe. Happiness, enthusiasm, optimism. And I forget what R stands for. It's something about having things you want. And I can't remember the word. (laughs) I'll look it up and we'll put it in the show notes. (laughs) Um, But that's so interesting. So first you honor your anxiety or you acknowledge that it's there, but then you can shift your, and, and does it start from the top? Do you, so I guess if you take a deep breath, acknowledge what's going on, shifting your shoulders, uh-huh. you know, limit your access to, to this scary input from everywhere. Then when and- do you bring in the thought that gets you to that hero wellness thought? You know... I think, I mean, I think it's a little different for everybody, mm-hmm. but I think the best way to get there is through smiling and laughter. And remember, little children need parents to smile, right? They, they need that. And they're looking for that. They're smiling at us, even when we're ready to lose our minds. <laughs> and so the more that we can try to just laugh, Mm -hmm. you know, even when we want to cry, even when we want to, you know, tear our hair out, if we can try to laugh, to smile more, to say, okay, we have to do something fun tonight. It's not easy. I don't mean to suggest it's easy. And some, some people's lives are harder than others. To the extent that we can find some enthusiasm, even if it's enthusiasm for a break, right? I feel really enthusiastic because I'm going to take a 15-minute break this afternoon. Right. Just whatever you can find. It doesn't have to be extraordinary. Right. And I could even, you know, I'm thinking, I think being creative is the other thing. I'm thinking... If I, if I were trapped in my apartment with children, with COVID outside, I would institute family nap time so that I could get 15 minutes. Yes, those okay. are great words. Yeah, we're doing family nap time. So you have to be quiet. You don't have to nap if you're over five, but... You know. But I'm not available at this time either. I, I really think it's valuable what you said in the beginning. And now there are moments that we really, as parents can say, I know I'll be more valuable and available. If I let you know in advance, there are times I'm not going to be available. Right. Absolutely. Shopping for kids clothes just got 10 times better. Thanks to rockets of awesome, a magical box of kids clothes delivered straight to your door each season, four times a year. This brand designs the coolest kids' clothes with special details and super soft fabrics that kids want to wear every day and quality parents can depend on. Rockets of Awesome is a game changer for families, especially during this back-to-school season. Kids can't wait to see what's inside their personalized boxes, and parents are getting incredible value for high-quality clothes, all from the comfort of home. So here are a few things that you should know about these Awesome rockets of awesome. First of all, it consistently delivers amazing value with high quality clothing. And 
the savings are awesome because you get to keep everything and save up to 45%. And the larger the box, they come in five, eight, or 12 item boxes, the bigger the savings. Also, kids get to really have a sense of their own style. They get so excited because there are unique features. I mean, things like flip sequence, glow in the dark details, 3D graphics. The clothes are tested for comfort. So they're itch free, scratch free, and they even rarely have tags. Everything is mix and matchable, machine washable, and it's made with soft fabric so that you can wear it to play. And compared to other kid brands, Rockets of Awesome Clothes are better quality with a consistent fit. Also, you have complete control over what comes in your child's box. So you can choose however many items you want, five, eight, or 12, and swap out items before the box even ships. No commitment, cancel or skip the box anytime. So there's no risk guarantee. You just pay a $20 styling fee up front and then they credit it toward anything you keep. And once the box arrives, you keep and pay for what you love and you send back the rest for free. And if nothing works, no problem. They refund you even your styling fee. Rockets of Awesome creates a super fun shopping experience for kids. To get started, you take a short quiz about your child's style preferences, and then you choose what size box you want, and they take care of the rest. Rockets of Awesome makes shopping for kids easy, convenient, and actually really fun for the whole family. Take your quiz, sign up online today risk-free at rocketsofawesome.com slash humans and use the promo code humans for 20% off your first box. That's rocketsofawesome.com slash humans with the promo code H-U-M-A-N-S. The more that we can, can help children be part of our ongoing responsibilities. Um, You know, both of my granddaughters and my two sons are fabulous cooks because I remember as a tired parent coming home from work and having to make dinner. I just remember there was no way that I could play with them unless we were going to eat at eight Mm o'clock. So from a very early age, they were stirring and mixing and doing stuff, which is translated into their becoming foodies and teaching their kids to, to be foodies. And, and so the more, especially when little kids are at that age where they want to help. Yes. Grab that. Right. Even though at times it feels like much more work to let them help us mm-hmm. and to just do it ourselves. Also, it's actually really helpful now. It's not even just, you know, like entertaining the kids, but it is helpful as they get older and older because then they can take over. I have my kids cook some, you know, like they're in charge of dinner some nights. I mean, I'm not a great cook, so the the bar is low. (laughs) I'm starting, they're outshining me, but it was something that I probably before would have said, all right, I'll do this to give them a bone. Like this entertains them. But now I am epically grateful for the help. Absolutely. Yeah. I know. I remember I gave my kids very easy recipes and had them cook one night a week and it was great. Oh, that's great. See, I haven't thought of giving recipes because I never, I don't cook except for this has brought a new cooking life for me and it's still pretty, it's, I can't keep saying I'm terrible at it because 
I don't get practice. I'm practicing. And it's just, it's not something, it's not a strength yet, but it's interesting because it might be easier to pull some good recipes and just give them. And it's good for, you know, everybody's worried about what they're learning, but following those directions and getting there in the kitchen. Oh my God. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm also wondering about when, you know, mental health is compromised so much and your only resource, I guess, would be to reach out to a therapist online. Absolutely. And that even, um, does that relationship hold? Have you found? My colleagues, even the ones who were most worried that it would be terrible, mm-hmm. have been pleasantly surprised. Um, you know, in some ways, it can even be easier. Mm. Because it's very hard to go to a therapist's office and say, you know, my kids are having a problem or I'm having a problem with my kids or I'm just not, you know, I'm too anxious. I'm too depressed to be the person, much less the parent I want to be. And I think it feels much more vulnerable to go meet a stranger and share all that. And somehow the online makes it a little less, less intense. And I'm curious what you think, because the smiles, you, you were talking about how kids need to see the smiles. And I've been thinking so much about what it must be like to walk through the world as a young child who's used to that feedback, but everybody's masked. And so it's so important at home. Obviously, we're not masked in our own homes, thankfully. But I do wonder, you know, as people are talking about going back to school, some schools are Los Angeles, just canceled public school, San Diego. I'm not sure what's going on in Northern California. But um, I wonder for the schools that are staying open and everybody is charged with wearing masks, what can we do to pick up different cues, emotional cues? through our observations and our nervous systems. And I thought that's such a question for you because we, if we cannot see faces, that's not an option. What, what can we retrain ourselves to look for? Yeah. We, well, I think it's, yeah, it's definitely going to be very hard and, and it's going to be very hard. My younger granddaughter's going into freshman year of high school and she and her fellow students are going to be masked. You know, imagine the social. Totally. It's a nightmare for. I have an eighth grader. Although, you know, and she's going to a new school for eighth grade. But I I imagine, yeah, entering high school, everybody's masked. And the meaning behind the mask when we're already trying to figure out what what we're giving off in the world and how we're reading people. But since, you know, I went through a phase of not accepting this as a reality and really feeling like, how will children learn? How will this happen? And now I'm trying to accept reality, but I'm still wondering since, I I mean, you basically can see the corner of people's eyes if you really look hard and that's about it. So I've been thinking like, how can I share with my kids how to pick up on physiological cues or other social cues without the face? And I've even been trying to walk down the street and think, 
what do I notice about me? And I notice that I don't say anything. I often just smile, but I don't even process that nobody can see me through my mask because I'm just so used to it. So it's a lot of like remind being, I mean, I guess the positive part of this is you have to have a lot of intentional communication with a mask on. Right. I don't know. I, I'm just curious what you think for all ages. And I'm, I guess it's going to be different for the young ones versus the, right, the ninth graders. But I just wonder how do we share, what do we know about how you can communicate? Well, there's body language. Uh-huh. Laughter comes in uh-huh. because you can hear someone laughing. Right. Even if you can't see the smile. I know I've been reading about people who've drawn smiles on their masks, mm-hmm. you know, just to, to kind of make the point. But definitely we can use body language more. And, um, and I think it's hard because in school, we don't know what other children are learning from their parents. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so some of the parents who are listening may teach their children how to communicate despite the mask, but there's no guarantee that other kids in the class will have had the same input. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be hard with little kids trying to make friends, teenagers trying to make friends. It'll be very hard for the shy kids. Yeah. Um, the outgoing kids are apt to find ways no matter what the barriers. Yeah, and you know, as much as I think all parents have been concerned about phone use and screen time, right? I'm so but, grateful for it now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and emojis mean that little kids can communicate. It doesn't, you don't have to be a word person, a speller and a writer. Oh, good point. Yeah. So I think, I think it is, it's going to be a challenging time and how it's going to affect this generation of kids isn't clear. Mm-hmm. Um, it isn't clear whether in-person learning is better than virtual learning. Right. Under, you know, under it the- is, yeah, under the circumstances of masked learning or you can see everybody's face, but you're not there. Right. It's, it's interesting. And what are there some... I know it sounds super artificial, so it may be that this is a ridiculous question, but are there some key things that you could practice with your body language that you might share with someone in a therapeutic setting because you're trying to help them feel safe and calm, but you aren't without your words, but just with your body language that maybe we can share and practice ourselves with kids and kind of operating in the world? Is that weird? Um, No, no, it's a great question. I don't... I don't know if I have an easy answer. Certainly, um, relaxing the shoulders. <laughs> because if we're kind of weighted down, if we're, if we're collapsed, mm-hmm. and if we're kind of walking around like we have the weight of the world on our shoulders, it's not a posture that says, hey, everybody. Right, I'm open. Right. And if our bodies are very tense uh, because we're so nervous, that too doesn't, doesn't communicate, 
hey, I'd like to make friends. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even as, as a family, I could imagine um, playing a game. It would be fun, actually, mm-hmm. which is everybody wears a mask and other people in the family have to guess. Yes. Ah, right? Yes, that's such a great idea. So I interrupted you with just, I was so excited, but so everybody's guessing whatever you're trying to express. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then they can kind of get a little fluency in reading body language. Right, exactly. exactly. And, and make fun. This dog is just trying to undermine this podcast. <laughs> He's just, the dog's probably stressed too. <laughs> Just wants to go to the dog park. I love this idea of, first of all, that also creates laughter and joy and play. You're dealing with the reality, which is the masks, and you're gaining this new potential skill of practicing reading cues. And communicating to people. Yeah. Because you're because in that game, you're going to get feedback that what you're communicating isn't being communicated. Right. So then you can learn once you're off in the world or in school or in group settings where you've now had feedback from your family of how you come across versus what you think you're getting across. Absolutely. Absolutely. This This just cheered me up. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to subscribe if you haven't already. Rate if you are planning on giving a good rating and write a little review. And I always love hearing from you on Instagram DMs at Raising Good Humans Podcast. And if I don't get back to you right away, don't worry. I will get to all of them either by answering them on the podcast or in video clips on my Instagram. And thank you and have a good week.